So yesterday I attempted three different times to record this one idea. I want to include all three attempts. So just as a disclaimer, that's that's the idea here in this particular podcast. Take care. So Bezer Hashem, this is Parashat Vayera 5780. So something very mystical happened to me that three times today I encountered the topic in learning the idea of the verse says in Kohelet Hakol Asa Yathabito Hashem made everything beautiful in its time and the Midrash Kohelet says this means that Hashem created the world at exactly the right time it's kind of interesting when Hashem created the world what, is, what does that mean I mean time is a creation right so how can you talk about time before existence because exist time had to be created before existence within that time. So there is no time before this existence, but the Midrash continues cryptically. It says it means that the creator was building worlds and destroying them and then building them and destroying them. And he said, I favor these worlds and these worlds I don't favor. That's a proof that God created the world at exactly the right time. And without that, that Midrash is impossible to understand, really, on any basic level without some extremely basic Kabbalistic knowledge, which is what does it mean God was building and destroying worlds? That it's an extremely fundamental, basic concept in Kabbalistic understanding, already hinted to in the verses of creation in the second verse that. Before God said, let there be light, that the land was chaos and void. This is hinting to these destroyed worlds. And the verse in Kohelet, according to the Midrash, is saying that God chose the right time to create the world means that it came, the creation of the world came after, specifically after God was destroying worlds. Only after God was destroying worlds would he then find the right time to start creating the world? That the world was specifically beautiful because it was created sequentially after the destruction of worlds. What were these destroyed worlds? These destroyed worlds was Hashem taking all possible scenarios of experience that would ever play out in 6,000 years like we know when we look back in our memory, we've lived through so many scenarios in our life, so many scenes in the movie of our life. All those scenarios, all those scenes, God first took them, so to speak, mystically, abstractly speaking, and smashed them apart. What this do- did was that it made those scenarios malleable and made them living and made them subject to our free will. Yet, in such a way that because the future scenarios of reality were first broken and meant that we would have an enormous effect on them and that they could be arranged and permutated according to our choices to express blessing or, God forbid, to express a curse. But yet, because the Creator planned this demolition... It meant that somehow, amazingly, miraculously, inherent in the possibility of things to break down and destroy would yet be cooked into that 
the guarantee that it would still eventually piece back together. It would still eventually resolve into what it had to resolve into, which is the final perfection in the coming of Mashiach and the coming of Messiah. Mashiach Sikena. And the verse continues and it says, or the, the Midrash continues and it says, this verse that God made everything beautiful in its time, as well as another verse, one of my favorite verses, in the creation, in the Genesis, the book of Genesis, uh, by creation, it says, Vayar Elohim akol asher God saw everything he had made and it was very good. And we were just talking about this. Tov ma'od, very good. The Midrash says in another place, Tov, good, is the, is the good inclination and blessing. Ma'od, very, is also speaking of Mavet. Ma'od sounds like Mavet, like death. Like death is very good. Meaning again, the death of these worlds, the, the, the inherent destruction, the, the breakdown and destruction inherent in reality is very beautiful. It's very good somehow. And it's tied to this idea that first Hashem was creating destruction and darkness before man, precisely and specifically before then manifesting the world by piecing together the, the broken pieces. And the, and the uh, Midrash says, these verses, they're petach patuach aratahom. That they are an opening stretching from the highest places down to the deepest abyss. And the commentaries on this Midrash say it means on a simple level, it means God knows he's got it all planned out from the top to the bottom, from beginning to end. So what does all these concepts have to do with that Hashem makes everything beautiful in its time? What's it have to do with the mystical shattering of the vessels and destruction of scenarios? And that even death is very, very good and, and breakdown and destruction is very good. We know that God is constantly recreating reality. It's not just that God created the world in general at the right time, but it means that forever God would, com- would continuously be manifesting different iterations of the world also properly in their right time. What well, we all want is success. We all want to be in the right place at the right time. We want to be in the right place at the right time to meet our destined soulmate, to, to succeed in business, these, these things. And the Midrash is telling us everything's going to work out properly at its right time because that's how God set up the whole world in general. He, he manifested and brought into play all the elements and they first come out broken and scattered. And only specifically then is it the right time to start placing them back together. It means that everything's set on a timer and things will work out. The pieces and the dots will connect. They have to. Why? Because the energy of Tikkun, the energy of placing things back together, the energy of fixing and reorganizing and organizing order out of chaos comes after the chaos. Because it comes second, it means that it's going to overpower what what came before it. The organization, the idea of things working out is beautiful in its time because it comes second. The, the, the Midrash is going to continue and say it's good that Abraham was created after Adam because Adam was destined to fall Adam in the garden was destined to fall 
Thank God then that Abraham was created second to pick up the pieces. It means that it's very good that the death and the brokenness comes out first. That means that the good that comes in second will win because it's got the advantage. It lets the evil, it lets the brokenness play itself out. And then it comes in to sweep up the pieces. That's another verse. And Mishle says something that to the effect that the wicked one prepares it so that the righteous one will wear it. The breakdown and the chaos just prepare for the tikkun to come in and uh, invest in the, in the pieces to show the fixing. That means that everything has to work out in its right time. Okay, so let's try this again. So I saw three times today this parish on the verse Kohelet, Ecclesiastes chapter 3, verse 11. At the kol asal febito, Hashem made everything beautiful in its time. Let's just think. Think about perfect timing. What is perfect timing? Everything happens in perfect time. So if we just first of all accept that and meditate on that, everything is happening at exactly the right time. Okay? Just like see the world that way. So much suffering, Rabbi Nachman says, just saw the idea, he says in Lukutim around Tanina, second Torah, suffering comes from experiencing endless changes and ups and downs, but through hoda, through gratitude, which is the same concept as acknowledgement, we cancel the suffering of the constant changing of reality and we accept and acknowledge and thank God for that everything is happening perfectly in its time when we accept that everything is happening perfectly in its time we immediately cancel suffering and we taste redemption now because the fact is is as follows everything happening now even the pain even the confusion the darkness all the bad that's seemingly bad it's really not bad all of it are essential moves essential puzzle pieces essential essential moves in a sequence marching towards final redemption and gula so if you accept and just simply believe that is true right now so you're already experiencing the final redemption because you're experiencing the true meaning of everything that's happening. You accept that it's perfect timing. It's perfect timing since all of these moves, all of these moments of my life are equally, without exception, all leading towards one final goal, which is Mashiach, which is Messiah, redemption. So you can experience the future now. And realize that they're bound together and that they're inextricably linked. That's logically self-evident. So therefore, everything is happening in perfect timing. Because everything happens exactly as it should in the time that it happens, when it happens, to lead towards Mashiach. So now, the Midrash and Kohelet says... This teaches us that Hashem created the world in general at the right time. Not too late, not too early. The whole world in general was created 
at the right moment, whatever that means. I mean, what was the moment the world was created? That the world, time was created along with the world. So what is this before or after business, even before the world was created? But it means even there, there's this sequence that is necessary. And the sequence that is necessary is that the Midrash continues and it says, this teaches you that God was building and destroying worlds and only after destroying enough worlds, then he started to make the worlds of repair. So in other words, very basically speaking, whatever this means, the, the created worlds that we read about in Genesis had to come after so many worlds were destroyed. These destroyed worlds are hinted at in many places in the Torah. Most prominently, the second verse, the land was chaos and void. Also, it's described in hints in the lineage of Esav, the seven Edomite kings at the end of Parshat Vayishlach, the, the, line, the genealogy of Esav in the, Genesis, the book of Genesis. Many, many, many hints. What it tells you, though, is the world in general is from the very start based on this idea of perfect timing. But how is perfect timing established in the very core basis of reality? Perfect timing is first established from the basic pattern that after destruction of energy and death and breakage of different energies, then perfectly timed afterwards comes the repair the deepest thing in the world what what shattered what died before Hashem started creating the world of, of repair of Tikkun where he first started culling together the energies and elements of reality to create the garden of Eden eventually and man in the garden in perfection and existence what Hashem was doing what he was shattering and what was dying so to speak was every scenario we would ever play out in the 6,000 years in perfect timing, all that broke before he started to fix it. So in a very basic place, it's perfect. And it's perfect timing that things should get messed up and shatter early on. So that perfect timing afterwards, the higher energies of holiness should come in and pick up the missing pieces. To say, thank God things get messed up first. Thank God we make mistakes and fall first. Thank God the world on a cosmic level broke before it was repaired. That, and that is the ultimate in perfect timing. Because since the repair comes in second, it means it's going to be forever. It's going to last forever. But that is the deep point that keeps grabbing me and won't let me stop talking about this. This is my third attempt at the recording. Is that this general grand concept is the basis for why everything happens perfectly in its time on a micro level. Why the specific version of the world, the specific version of the world moment by moment is also being created in, with perfect timing. Because since the very roots of reality were first shattered with the controlled demolition by the, by, at the hands of the creator, that means that there's a solution. There's, this, this, since the solution is coming in after... That means that there's absolutely a perfect solution that will definitely solve every problem. So what we experience in life 
that we keep seeing how everything happens with perfect timing, what we see is how in life, on our miniature level, on our microcosm level, in our own particular universes, we constantly see what looks like a scary, dark, confused mess. And somehow, perfect timing, it always resolves at the right place at the right time to work out. And that's because of how Hashem created everything in the beginning. It's so, it's, it's, the idea is, is slipping through my fingers. I, get, I grasp it and then I don't have it. It's called mate velo mate. You touch the idea and you don't touch it. But the main thing is to have faith and to, and to have gratitude and to trust that everything happens exactly at the right time. And that when things break at first... It's just to create the, the context and the background to show the perfect timing of the rescue when it comes back together. And when we believe, even before that we see the rescue, that we're already experiencing the stages and the sequences leading up to the rescue, we'll feel calm and we will stay stable the whole time. Amen. Bezer B'Shem, this is Parashat Ve'era, 5780. I wanted to record an idea... So it happens occasionally that you'll be learning something in one way and you'll hear the same idea coming out in another book in another way and it's kind of amazing, almost spooky. This is an idea that I wanted to record about around Hanukkah a month ago and I didn't, have the, I didn't get to it. And then it happened again today that I was reminded to look at this. And the reason it's so significant when this happens that the just that you'll be it'll it'll be almost that the Torah is speaking to you and like that how can it be? What's the what's the chance? The Torah is vast. It's huge. What's the chance that an extremely specific topic You'll be reading about in one book in one context, and you'll look, open something else up, and the a, a completely different book from thousands of years later will be speaking on the exact same topic that you just left off on. And it happens to me. It's happened to me multiple times, like I think more than ten times. And this, before I go into like what the context, what what was the topic in this particular time. It, I think, speaks very strongly to why is it in Torah, in the Torah path of spirituality, that it's critical to learn, <coughs> excuse me, that it's critical to learn as much as one possibly can, within reason. We need time to do other things. We need time to meditate and to not think. And we need time to work. And we need time to spend with our family and friends. All that's true, but... Why learning must be a constant toil. It's not just learning some information, but that it's a constant practice. That learning itself is a constant practice. That it is a mitzvah, like lighting Shabbos candles, (coughs) or giving charity, or any other mitzvah. But it's considered the ultimate mitzvah. So why why is learning Torah considered the ultimate mitzvah, and it's the one that we're constantly engaged in more than anything else? Arguably, we should also be praying as much, requesting from Hashem what we need all the time, speaking to Him, not just in the daily prayers, in the, in the, 
in the shul with the congregation, but all the time speaking to the Creator, asking for what we need, developing that relationship of dependency on the Creator, and recognizing that He helps us in everything we need. But Torah is arguably even more important, constant learning. Why? Why? Why is it so important? And the answer is, is because the Arizal tells us there's a concept that there are 600,000 root souls of Israel. And from the 600,000 root souls, branches off tremendous branches into each individual Israelite, and in that there have been millions and millions and millions of Israelites, of Jews, over the course of history, perhaps over a billion if you add up all the Jews that ever lived. But they all rooted in 600,000 soul roots. <coughs> this is corresponding to that there are 600,000 letters in the, in the Torah, and that there are 600,000 different ways of understanding the Torah. And the Arizal says explicitly that a soul... This is amazing language. A soul is actually rooted in one of the 600,000 explanations of the Torah. That a soul is rooted in a certain way of learning the Torah. That's where your soul comes from. What does that mean? So there's a Zohar that says, Hashem, the Torah, and Israel are one. So, those two ideas, the Ari and the Zohar, are saying, I believe, when, it, when the Arizal says that your soul is coming from a certain perception of the Torah, it means the essence of your soul is an all-knowing consciousness, which is a facet of 600,000 different ways to understand Torah, which is understanding God, and understanding God's relationship with this world completely. <clears throat> to the extent that's possible to, to a created consciousness. Meaning that your soul is one with maximum consciousness that it can have. That's what your soul is. Your soul is, the essence of your soul is its maximum consciousness. Your real true soul is the maximum consciousness of your being. That's what your soul is. The maximum consciousness of your being. So why are we toiling in Torah all the time? Torah learning the constant learning of Torah is nothing less than our ability in this world, in this low level of consciousness, embedded in physicality, our ability to reach up constantly and receive transmissions of knowledge from our maximum consciousness. Torah is each person's particular portal to receive messages from their soul of maximum consciousness. In other words, your real soul knows exactly what to do knows exactly what to do all the time. It sees huge. Your real soul has a huge bird's eye view. It can see back into time and into the future, and it can see events from a hugely high perspective, and it's higher than the angels, and it, it, is, it, it has infinite knowledge. So how do you grab a piece of what you know so deep within? So super, super conscious. It's by constantly studying Torah. That's really what we're doing. So on the basic level, we're constantly reviewing what is the law. Because at the end of the day, the Jewish law is telling you how to act according to your, what your soul really intends. Keep Shabbat, great. Keep kosher, great. Don't speak negatively about people. Don't hate people. These are all very simple things, and they're extremely important. These are the, this is the boundaries. These are the outlines. But... <clears throat> that's there's there's no end to learning because there's no we constantly need to be hooked in to deeper and deeper intuitions
that the Torah itself creates a portal that our highest self can communicate with our present manifestation and embeddedness in this low world of challenge and darkness so that we can stay awake. As Rabbi Nachman says in Lakutim Aran, that's the main thing, one of the main things is to never forget the to never forget Olam Haba. To have your machshaba davok lama daate, that your 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 thoughts should constantly be tethered to the future world. <coughs> Meaning your soul already resides in the future. Your soul resides in the place where all of reality is eventually going to merge with, which is the perfection of the Garden of Eden. Your soul is already there. Your soul is already there in the future Garden of Eden. And it's by constantly learning, we're constantly receiving from the future how to bring the present into the future, that perfect future. Okay, so a long introduction. What? So when this happens to me, God willing, it should happen to everyone, where there's obvious, obviously, like an awakening, like something is talking to me here. I'm not crazy here. Like, how can it be possible that I'm learning in one book from thousands of years ago, the Midrash Kohelet Rabbah, and then I go over to the Leshem from the 1920s, and they're saying the exact same topic, the exact same extremely minute idea. It must be because I'm getting a strong message here. It must be. That through the Torah, my soul somehow is... And I'm blind, right? But I'm being led by the, my soul through the different books to say, hey, it's not an accident here that this message is coming to you in, in rapid succession from two different sources. It's really a wake-up call. And I was learning my, with my Chavrusa, and he confirmed that when this happens, it is like Hashem saying, hello, I'm here. When these things happen in learning, where how can it be? It's much more than a coincidence that I learn the exact same minute topic from one source to the next. It really does kind of happen like every few weeks. So the the topic is, when was the world created? And so I'll read to you <coughs> from Kohelet Rabbah, chapter 3, verse 11. Chapter 3 of Kohelet, of Ecclesiastes, verse 11, says, Et akol Hashem has made everything perfect in its time. Before I go into the Kohel Rabbah, I want to mention that this is one of my favorite passages of Zohar. It's, it's for some reason, a passage of the Zohar, which is, which is explicating this verse in Ecclesiastes, is, is a passage of the Zohar I saw early on in my learning, which began in my 20s, about 10 years ago. But this is a passage from the Zohar that stuck with me all this time. So again, it's not an accident. This is this this clearly, this verse is. I'm always coming back to this verse of a, of Kohelet chapter three verse eleven, and that Zohar in its explanation. It, what does it mean that Hashem made everything beautiful in its time? And the Zohar there, there is basically saying that there are so many levels of spiritual influence that come out in the present moment at the right time. And the verse continues that he put the world in their hearts. He put a hiddenness in their hearts that they shouldn't be able to know what happens from the top to the bottom. And we've spoken about this before, that essentially a person, because he can't completely have a perfect communication, not even Moses can have a perfect communication with his soul to his present experience, people are bound to make mistakes. And the verse continues, therefore they should be happy because we should be happy 
the Zohar is basically saying, we should be happy that we make mistakes. Because if we were perfect, and we had perfect communication with our soul via the Torah, as we've been saying, we would never make a mistake, and we would never grow. As we've spoken about this before, and I'm just reviewing, because we're bound to make mistakes and not even get it perfectly right, like Moses didn't get it perfectly right, he made a big mistake, so to speak, taking the mixed multitude out of Egypt, which caused the golden calf. Had Moses had perfect foresight, none of this would have fallen apart. But because things fall apart, this creates even deeper desire within us to, to try again, and that's a good thing. So that's just a beautiful lens that the Zohar puts on this verse. But what does the Kohelet Rabbah say? It says, and then after learning this Kohelet Rabbah a little bit, I want to show you the piece in Leshem, just a, a line from it, because it's too deep and Kabbalistic even for me, but I try to understand it, but just to see like an amazing idea here. So the Kohelet Rabbah says, Et akol ase afibito. Amarabi tanchuma. The tanchuma says, The world was created in the right time. The world was not appropriate to be created before it was created. So, what does this mean? What does it mean that the world was created exactly at the right time? So Rabbi Abao, all of a sudden, he says here, because we, the verse says Hashem made everything beautiful in its time, including the world in general, somehow this is a proof that God was first destroying worlds and then building them. He's building worlds and destroying them, creating worlds and destroying them. Until he built these worlds and said, These I favor. These worlds I don't favor. So on the simple level, for some reason the Creator was building and destroying worlds, which is a hugely crazy idea on the surface. How can we say the Creator, the infinite wisdom, the one with infinite wisdom, how could he be like trying out different worlds that weren't working? And then we say, oh, well, he finally got it right. Then the world was created right in its time. It's crazy. Like, what does that mean? How could, how could God be like messing up these prototype worlds? Oh, you know, this, this uh, I laid out this world and it didn't go well with the investors. I mean, it doesn't make any sense um, on the surface. So this is obviously a huge secret buried in this Midrash, this Kohel Rabbah. So we know that what does it mean, this famous idea, midrashically, that God was destroying and building worlds? So it's brought by the Siddiquim that it's a basic Kabbalistic yisod, it's a basic Kabbalistic principle, that we talk about shvirat ha'kelim, and we talk about shattering of the vessels. It means that before God started creating the world in the six days of creation, there was, first of all, a shattering of reality, which is hinted to in the second verse of the Torah, that the land was chaos and void. And the Leshem explains, and many Siddiquim explain to us, that the reason God was shattering the vessels, it wasn't some accident, it wasn't some mistake, rather it was an intentional breakage of the very fabric of existence to create the possibility of choice, free will, and negativity and evil in the world. That Hashem had all the building blocks of reality, He intentionally first smashed them, and then started 
culling together only some of those elements to create the perfection of reality culminating in the Garden of Eden, but he left the rest of reality broken for us to basically manifest ourselves and fix it up ourselves to apply holiness and the Garden of Eden into the farthest reaches of space and time for us to choose to manifest perfection in the rest of those broken pieces of reality to build the world with the Creator, as it's brought in many, many, many sources that we are as human beings when we say we're created but selling Elohim in the image of God it means that we are co-creators with Hashem that we are given free will as the Rambam famously quotes the Gemara and Kedushin that a person is constantly supposed to see the entire world as half righteous half wicked and if you do just one positive mitzvah you tilt the entire universe towards the side of good which means that the entire universe is in our hands at all times we're constantly with the creator pushing the universe hopefully towards good at every second why is that possible because at the beginning the creator was shattering everything and then rebuilding it and rebuilding only a certain amount and that the rest of the rebuilding process would be given into our hands that the way to build the rest of reality properly is taught to us through the torah and the mitzvah but what does it mean that the world was created exactly properly in its time it was created properly in its time what does that have to do with that the world's that first the creator was destroying worlds before choosing the ones he favored, i.e. he was destroying every facet of history, creating all possibilities of destruction and wrong choices and creating all sorts of traps of sins for the 6,000 years of history, as a different Midrash tells us. If your sins will be like all the possible mess-ups which were planned from the 6,000 years of history, what does it have to do with the idea that God created the world in its right time? And that's the answer. The answer is the world was not ready to be created until the Creator first smashed everything that could have been smashed and created the possibilities of brokenness and fallenness, which was the necessary prerequisite before building tikkun, before building repair out of chaos, before building order specifically out of chaos. The chaos and the darkness and all possibilities of brokenness must precede the light which would fix up those broken vessels to create goodness. So that means that the world was created perfectly in its right time. But see, this isn't, this isn't an idea that's just on a cosmic scale on a cosmic, general, all-inclusive scale. This is an idea which is encompassing every moment, which means that the Creator is constantly recreating the world. This is the deeper idea. This is the deeper idea that my intuition brings to me from this, from this Midrash. The Creator is constantly recreating the world. When the verse says that Hashem makes everything beautiful in its time, we know it's not just talking about the one-time creation of the world where, first of all, there was this metaphysical shattering of the vessels and the creation of all possibilities of negative, all, possible, all negative possibilities before manifesting reality out of chaos. We know it can't just be talking about that, but rather the verse is saying everything is made beautiful in its time. So what that means is that there's a deep connection between when the, when the Midrash says that Hashem chose the right time to make the world in general, only after the shattering of the vessels, 
that that idea is connected with our everyday experience of everything happens in its right time. We know everything is about timing. And people who have trust in Hashem and they have faith in Hashem, they see that when they're patient, when they need to be patient, and when they're aggressive and, and pushing for what they want when they need to be, and when they find the right balance between stopping and pushing, between waiting and, and chasing after what they want, people see how everything happens in its right time. And when we go with Hashem, and we go with God and, we're, and we are calm, we know that everything resolves and everything works out in its right time. So this is on a particular daily level. So what does that concept of trusting in that process have to do with the general cosmic building of the universe in general, as the Midrash seems to be saying that this is what the verse means? <coughs> it, means that, it means this is the deep idea, that the, the, the two concepts are one. Because the Creator first shattered all the vessels of reality, He first shattered all the possible scenarios of history before actually playing them out, creating the possibility that things could go awry. Inherent in that is that what's really beautiful in its time, when we really get to experience everything eventually working out in its right time, means that because the basic fundamental structure of this world is that first there's a lot of chaos and confusion before the final outcome and conclusion presents itself. That experience, that basic experience of life where we have to wait for things to finally resolve in the right time is rooted in how Hashem set up the world. The way Hashem set up the world in a cosmic grand scale was that first He took all possibilities that would ever that would ever play out in six thousand years, whatever this means, metaphysically, deeply, spiritually, mystically. He took all those possibilities and shattered them all. Every possibility we've, every scenario we've ever lived through, every situation we've ever lived through in our lives. The, the scenario and situation we're in right now and all the scenarios that we've traveled through before now, all those scenarios were like great rooms of a palace and all those scenarios were like existences and he took all those scenarios, all those rooms of existence, all those scenes of our lives and he took them at the beginning of time and he first smashed them. And only then could he start creating reality. Only then could he start building the world because the world is built out of taking smashed scenarios, and this is very deep, this is extremely abstract, but, but we understand what it means on an intuitive level. Our existence is created now. The world is being built now in its right time, beautifully in its right time, in the right way, as we step eventually, moment by moment, into those scenarios which were smashed at the beginning of time and manifest a good scenario, a good situation, by remaining righteous and by remaining strong in our faith and in our patience such that we watch that by staying righteous and staying rooted in the Torah, everything works out beautifully in its time. And the world is constantly being created properly in its right time. Just as on a general cosmic scale, the world was created in its right time only first after the tragedy and, and, and the planned catastrophe of the shattering of everything. So too, on particular level, in our particular lives, we have to remember that just as on a general scale the world was created this way, that's how it works out in our lives as well. There's often a long process of going through shattered, confusing situations before everything can resolve beautifully in its right time. 
So just as the world on a general scale was created beautifully in its right time, only after shattering, that itself creates the backdrop and the means and the process by which we can experience our own worlds unfolding on a miniature level in our own micro world that we ourselves get to see the world coming out beautifully, our real world coming out beautifully in its right time. In fact, we just saw in Dafyomi We just saw in Dafyomi. Yes. And now finally, after listening to all these attempts, I think I finally clicked what I'm trying to say. First of all, let's look very simply at what the verse is saying. The verse in Kohelet chapter 3, verse 11, Ecclesiastes 3, verse 11, says that God made everything beautiful in its time. The question creates the answer. The question is that the simple reading of the verse means that God made everything, meaning the whole world, at the right time. The question is, what do you mean he made everything at the right time? There was no time before he made everything. Before he made all universe with space and time components, there was no time to say that he made it at the right time. So the answer is, no, God started making everything only after he created the nothingness and the shattering of evil and the breaking of the vessels. So everything, meaning the whole world in general, was in fact created perfectly at the right time, only after the shattering. And and that's why the Midrash continues and says, since the verse is talking about the concept in one sense of when everything was created... So you ask the question, well, how can you talk about that it was made in the right time? Since everything includes time. The answer is going to say, no, because since we are now describing an idea that there is a concept that the totality of goodness was created at a certain time, so then it begs the question, well, what happened before the creation of everything? The answer that is that before the creation of everything, of, of existence, was first the creation of destruction. Since now we are hinted to the idea that real goodness came in onto the scene temporally, so then we're forced to ask, well, what was first? And the answer is destruction of nothingness. That's why the Midrash continues to say that this verse is telling you that God was first destroying worlds before building them back up. The verse itself, that everything in totality, absolute absolute existence with a capital E was created at the right time. So you're forced to ask, well, when was that? If absolute existence with a capital E includes time itself. So no, there's this pre-time situation you're forced to say must exist. If everything with a capital E came at the right time, so something preceded that. And what, what preceded that? So then the Midrash says, well, something did precede everything Good with a capital E. Real existence with a capital R and a capital E. And that was the destruction and the very shattering of that existence first. So that's just an insight came to me. The second insight is, what we're really saying is, we're also not just saying that the verse is saying that God created everything in totality, totality with a capital T at the right time, but also that 
in specific instances throughout time, everything would then happen at the right time. Every micro-creation, every event, every play-out of different existences and scenarios would also happen each their own perfectly in the right time. And that, I think, is the Midrash is pointing to the verse, the second verse, that Hashem made everything, it was very good. Like this. How do the two connect? That's the real deep understanding. That's the depth here. What's the deep connection between everything in totality being created properly only after the destruction and the shattering of the vessels that we've been talking about extensively and the idea that everything in a particular level works out perfectly in the right time, that timing is perfect on a particular level. What's the connection? The connection is is that the definition of existence, of reality, with a capital R, of, quote-unquote, when the verse says, everything is created beautiful in its time, everything means true existence. It means true existence emerging out of the shattered possibilities of confusion and darkness preceding light. It means that the definition of what existence actually is is something that shows itself emerging, coming in after, shattering. Here's the really deep idea. That the verse says in Kohelet another place. That you, you, the Zohar says a million, million times. You only see light coming out through darkness. Which means existence is defined. This word everything. The all of existence is the beauty of a force resolving the chaos of the shattered vessels. You have no existence without that. That is what existence is. Time and space and your hand and your head and this moment and this object and and these events, what they are intrinsically in their very essence, their reality is this concept of some facet of light fixing darkness. That's you have you have no existence as a human being. It's if not that you are truly a soul fixing a body. You are truly a soul coming into tiny, low, degraded level of physicality and turning a single cell organism of the embryo into a fully functioning, spiritually matured adult. That is your existence. Yes, you have a soul, but it's existence happening beautifully in its time, only really gets the word and the label existence as that thing which comes in to fix up brokenness. That gives it existence. That's what gives your soul existence. And that's why, that's the connection. The general idea that every, that all totality with a capital T totality comes in after the shattering of worlds means that that's why all of existence is just a replay of everything happening beautifully in its time. Because there was the basic sequence of timing of shattering before existence expressing itself by fixing shattering, that means by definition everything is happening beautiful in its time. Why? Because the all of existence is nothing but in its particular iterations, particular iterations of this one event. Every particular iteration, every particular event or object, it's a particular iteration of a facet of totality fixing and revealing itself 
within fixing the space of non-being and destruction and evil. So everything must happen perfectly in its time because that's what makes things happen. What makes things happen everywhere, completely everywhere, is some facet of totality coming in and taking the potential or the experience of the illusion of things not working out in the right time, things happening, things seeming to be not working out in the right time, which is the essence of feeling pain, and actually showing how every... No, like, we actually have this perfect system. There's this perfect system of resolving all conundrums, which the definition of... Of, of resolving a conundrum is to pull all the pieces precisely together in the right time. When you have a properly functioning machine or process, why? when is it perfectly functioning? When is it working? When is your computer working? When is your washing machine working? And by extension, when are you working? It's when all of its elements are singing and humming and coordinating in precisely perfect timing. So perfect timing is life. The fact that all of our different organs and anatomical features, they're all, and our nerves and our sinews and our bones, they're all communicating each other in perfect timing. That's why we're alive and healthy, God willing. So perfect timing is existence. So when this verse is saying everything is being created with perfect timing, it's saying that perfect timing is existence. Perfect timing equals existence. And... Perfect timing equals existence because in the all-inclusive general aspect, this whole process of emphasizing and expressing perfect timing perfectly happened after the destruction, which is also perfect timing. It's amazing. It's, 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 there's like 10 layers here. There's 10 layers here, so, so to speak. Because all the shattering, all totality of shattering and destruction and evil potential came out first, and then only afterwards perfect timing comes in the machines of goodness, so to speak, the light, which is by definition, what it is, is this whole, this whole uh, expression of perfect timing, which shows itself by resolving what at first is the shaky ground of mismatched timing, Uh, again, it's slipping through my fingers. Oh, well. It means that, that everything, with a capital E, the definition of existence itself, is nothing less than the creator applying the light of repair, the light of tikkun, tikkun alam, the light of repair, that each moment is manifested and calls together and presents itself specifically as a function of the lights of creation, coming and taking a situation which could go awry with improper timing and to whatever extent the expression the, the 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 situation in the scenario presents existence and goodness and clarity that itself is an expression of perfect beautiful timing when we have a situation a scenario that's fixed it means we've pulled all the elements together and we've caused them to interact with perfect timing like a perfectly working machine or a healthy body and to the extent that there is war and sickness or breakdown or loss or negation of existence, that's still perfect, beautiful timing. Because all that's doing is a 
particular iteration of the cosmic sequence where at first there's going to be some breakdown to create the elements and the pieces for which the light of existence, i.e. perfect, the force of perfect timing, is going to come in and then reestablish those broken pieces to make them, pull them together and cause them to interact like a well-oiled machine or a healthy body with perfect timing again. And again, since the idea of existence with a capital E comes second, it means that it must... It, it rides on. The, the Baal Shem Tov has one of the deepest lessons of the Baal Shem Tov is the idea that evil eventually becomes a chariot to the good. Because evil comes out first, it's going to be dominated by good. Evil is created as a, as a scene of chaos, as a scene of mismatched timing, only creating the, the, the throne for good to sit upon it and show itself as the force of creating perfect timing. When you see anything that doesn't disintegrate... When you see any scenario where things are basically hanging together and it's not a howling chaos of, of, some, of some human created hell where people are killing each other or suffering needlessly, what you're seeing, and, and, you're, and then just metaphysically speaking, you're seeing that this building isn't falling apart. These, these objects aren't disintegrating. You're seeing perfect timing. You're seeing so many elements staying together in perfect timing. And showing themselves that way because they're coming in only after the worlds were shattered. Their whole, their whole existence is expressed as coming in and showing themselves as those forces which correct and repair the tendency to disintegrate, the tendency to lose sync, sync, uh, to lose um, synchronicity, and to lose coordinated timing, which is called destruction and chaos and evil. Since it's coming in second and expressing existence, boiled down to its common denominator as that which takes those tendencies to to dissolve, it pulls them into perfect timing. That's it. That's what existence is itself. That's why. Everything is creating in its perfect time. That's what the verse is saying. He is making every, everything in its perfect time. The definition of everything is the enforcing of perfect timing on the tendency to not have perfect timing. I'm dizzy now. All right.